all the promise of He-Man without any of the good stuff of He-Man. Death Stalker. Music. <laughs> we all love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Pictures podcast where we talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. <laughs> Erica's already laughing. Oh, I can yeah. just feel how much we all hate this movie already. God bless your enthusiasm in starting the episode. You know what, no, Ryan? No. I'm going to help you with that. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the New World Podcast where we talk about every movie made by New World Pictures. It's I the said New it World wrong. Pictures, Pictures Podcast. Podcast. Oh, God. Do it again. See, do it again. No, do it again. This is why I'm not the host. This is why I'm not the host. Let me try it again. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the New World Pictures Podcast, where we talk about every movie released by New World Pictures, and this one is a doozy. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. I can't believe that we're talking about a movie that we've already talked about. We haven't talked about it. And also, Erica. <laughs> it's not a doozy. It's a don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's right. I, uh, boy, for reasons that will be explained later, I am exhausted <laughs> from this movie. And I'll explain why later. But we're, we want to we wanna get you juiced up. Oh, and and just oh, oh. covered in grease Ooh. as we talk Whoa. about 1983's Deathstalker. Journey to an age of great kingdoms. An age of awesome magic. An age of terrifying evil. Where one man sought the key to the ultimate power. He was the man they called Deathstalker. Reunite the three powers. You will be the power. A brave man could get inside one car's castle and kill it. If he can capture the amulet of life, he will rule the world. But an evil wizard stands in his path. And to the victor, a beautiful princess. Ooh. <clears throat> 
the greatest challenge. The greatest adventure. The most legendary hero of them all. The man they called Deathstalker. The last great warrior king. Starring Richard Hill and Bobby Bennett. <laughs> That's <Ooh>. right. <laughs> the last great warrior kings. Take that, Conan the Barbarian, which yeah. we are so clearly Seriously. ripping off. There's no point in this where he becomes king or as ever, as ever close to becoming king. Uh, and that is a sure swipe at Conan. Um, anyway, we're talking about 1983. Wait, Conan Death or Stalker. Conan? Conan? Uh, yes, Conan O'Brien. That's a swipe of Conan O'Brien. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's um, an odd swipe. Yeah, I, but, but I mean, look, he was young, but I'm sure he was what? A National Lampoon at the time, probably? Yeah, Who knows? I mean, this is 1983. Uh, I don't know. Uh, never, never too. Conan O'Brien <laughs> was also trying to find an amulet at that time in his life. Yeah, so, exactly. You know. Who knows what, <laughs> what he was up to? Take that, funny, nice guy. Um, this is a uh, uh, death stalker we're talking about in this episode written by howard r cohen if that name sounds familiar that's because he directed space raiders oh. he also did uh, saturday the 14th for new world he wrote a lot of new world movies unholy rollers young nurses also striker so we've talked about howard, howard r cohen a few times fortunately passed away in 1999 he's uh, fortunately uh, yeah, yikes! <laughs> no, Jesus. but I don't know. Jesus, I'll check dude. the tape. I'll have to check the tape. <laughs> yikes! I, I wow. meant, and I thought I was saying, unfortunately, but um, uh, anyway, uh, he. So we would never be able to talk to him because, boy, it would be nice to talk to Howard well, Arnold. But the we other could, person, I, talk- I would tell, I would tell him that I have the Striker poster framed in oh, my family. Yes, room. yes. The other person I would love to talk to is the director, James Spartadelotti, who's actually going by the name John Watson, which was chosen by Roger Corman, uh, came up with that. So why he's listed as producer, but not the director, I don't know. But if you remember that name and how difficult it is to pronounce, he was also the one who directed all the additional footage for Humanoids for the Deep. So, but he has worked on also a variety of new world stuff. And I, I would love to be able to sit down and talk with him at some point. Cause he's got a long history with, with new world pictures. This movie stars, um, Harlan, Kentucky's own Rick Hill. That's right, baby. Woo! <laughs> uh, he was coming off a TV show, um, called today's FBI, uh, and also a stint on Days of Our Lives in 1980. Mm. And from here, he would go on to do uh, Sirio Santiago's The Devastator in 1986 and similar territory in 1987's Warrior Queen from Vestron. Um, he would not return to the role uh, until Deathstalker 4, March, Match of the Titans, excuse me, Match of the Titans, he used to be like a college running back at Georgia Tech. And he's then a real beefcake, isn't he? He's a real beefcake for this. And he actually would transition from acting eventually into like writing. Uh, and no! Writing. And he's he, too handsome to be a writer. Yeah. He's no! A, yeah, he's now, he's a motivational speaker now. He's like, he has no hair. And he also helped. Uh, he paint. didn't have any hair during this movie either. Well, as far as we know. <laughs> as far as we know. Uh, oh, come on. Actually, that, uh, is, that is a full-on wig. No, I'm not saying it's not a wig. I'm just saying we don't know if he didn't have hair underneath it. I'm assuming oh, that's I thought, why. I thought, I'm assuming that he didn't have a... His, I thought you were talking about his balls. No, Sorry. <laughs> yes. I he also, did have a small wig for his balls. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. We, Large we don't wig get to for see his it. head. 
small wig for his balls. Really have to pause it and slow that down. Both of them and, were blonde. Yeah. Yep. In Deathstalker, you don't want the curtains to not match the drapes. No, nope, not in this world. <laughs> I have to say this was the most interesting fact. Rick Hill helped Pete Rose write his bio- autobiography. Huh. So, yeah. so that's an interesting thing that he did. Okay. So he really did get into it. Here's right. where you can watch it. Another if you want. interesting thing is that Pete had a couple different side bets with other people <laughs> on who would write his autobiography. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah! yeah! Never live it down, Pete! And uh, Rick Hill was the one to finish first. Yeah. So he, he was oh. not the one that I would have bet on. Yep. Mm-mm. Yeah. It was 100 to 1 on that one. So <laughs> good work, Beef. Good odds. Cake. Uh, here's where you can watch Deathstalker it is on Shout TV. Um, it's on YouTube. You can also find it there. Plenty of places to watch it streaming, but we watched it on uh, the Corman's Sword and Sorcery DVD collection, uh, where you can also watch Deathstalker 2 and a couple other films. There's probably going to be a blockbuster that opens up soon in Harlan where you could rent it as well. <laughs> I'm sure They're there's just catching one. up. They're I'm catching sure there's up. There's one now. Mm-hmm. There's one now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> Rick, Rick might start it. Um, <laughs> but before we go any further, we need to find out what is this movie about. Let's go around and find out what is Deathstalker about, Mark. It's a really unfunny Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oof. Yeah. Like, really yeah. unfunny. But, that, but yeah. still. That really hit. So, like, Deathstalker, Deathstalker. Thank you. Is trying to save a princess. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There's a witch mm-hmm. that's, like, helping out. Uh, he's got blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, he gets double crossed and Fred Savage is in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Princess Bride, but yeah. Fred Savage as the witch. (laughs) Just really good makeup. I thought Fred Savage was the little creature that was in the treasure chest. Oh God, I can't wait to talk about that. Wasn't that, wasn't that him? Oh, I can't wait. Are you saying that wasn't him? That was just that was, somebody's that hand. Was, that was that was just that was Fred Savage's hand. Yeah, he was a that young was like the treasure chest that you that you that you uh, were taken to at the end of a dentist trip, right? So when you <laughs> you get your teeth cleaned, and they'd be oh, like, shit, "Pick a toy." Had a fancy dentist. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did have a dentist. Not all dentists have a treasure chest. We had chest, a guys. dentist. He, uh, Fred Savage, only can only do the hand puppet for one scene, and then he got hired for Little Monsters, and he had to leave. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hence they dropped Argentina. that entire subplot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we won't learn such, anything else. He's such a bigger character until Fred Savage got a better gig. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Erica, what's this movie about? I mean, to me, it really just, it really made me think about how worthless bras are. Bras and undies. <laughs> what's the point? When did somebody decide those were super important? From what I learned, they're not necessary. And just let those Tetons fly. Let those butt cheeks breathe. I don't know. It was just a lesson in lingerie to me, to be Mm, honest. That's very true. Um, To me, this movie is about, you know, guys, sometimes heroes are terrible people. Sometimes (laughs) they're just the worst. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look, Okay. Maybe they eventually release the power that's being held over everyone, but they're awful. Yeah. They're awful. You know, heroes, they don't have to be great people. You know, also mm-hmm. they, sometimes are they releasing the power that's over all the people? I, I don't mean, know. I don't know. I don't the know. The ending of this movie is a real question mark. <laughs> <for me. laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We'll get there. God, oh, yeah. you're touching on two of my favorite yeah. things that I want to talk about. 
Well, let's uh, go into what the letterbox synopsis is for this. Oh, We're on letterbox. Oh, Find us there. Oh. And this one's a doozy. Here we okay, go. Okay, here we go. The warrior Deathstalker is tasked by an old lady, wi- old witch lady, excuse me, an old witch lady to obtain and unite the three powers of creation, a chalice, an amulet, and a sword, lest the evil magician Munkar get them and use them for nefarious purposes. He already has the chalice and the amulet. Yeah, he's got two out of three. He's he's already he, yeah. He's just trying to get those things because he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the sword. After obtaining the sword, Deathstalker joins with other travelers going to the big tournament to determine the strongest warrior. Nope. They're actually trying to determine who takes Munkar's uh, and becomes Munkar's heir. That's who. What? That's what the tournament's for. But anyway, is it? I don't I, like. Yes. Already, I feel like I watched a different movie. <laughs> yes. No. That's what they're <laughs> supposedly doing. The false king holds the true princess in captivity and plots to have Deathstalker killed. And Deathstalker must fight to free the princess. I mean, is he fighting to free the princess? It feels like. I don't know what he's doing. I think he's I, casually getting to that castle and getting a lot of ass along the I way. I feel like Sal Moran, <laughs> Sal yes. Moran ends up actually, who's his little assistant, the middle-aged guy. Mm-hmm. That's the guy who frees the princess. Yeah. yeah. This stalker doesn't have yeah. anything to do with it. Uh-huh. This stalker never has any part in freeing the no. princess. And That's- seems uninterested in doing so. And says so in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. He says so. This movie doesn't even have that sort of normal like voiceover thing that says like in the age of or even you know even if you don't even want to call out when it is sometimes they'll call it some kind of age or whatever this one doesn't even have any of it because this movie doesn't care about details at all which is why i thought i would love it right it has a high titty count like an insanely high titty like count. Very high. I, I couldn't even begin There's to no keep point. track. There's there no is point. not a single female in the movie that does not show off their titties. Uh, except for the witch. Well, I mean, but uh, the, the like seriously, and that's can, disappointing. No, but <laughs> right, you know, look, Carol Kane is a very versatile actor, but she can't <laughs> show off her titties in every movie. It would be awesome if they if she played the same character. If there was Wait, like a like a crossover, I thought for sure that was Carol. No, Kane, right? no, no. I was like waiting for Billy Crystal to show up at any point in those scenes. Right? <laughs> it's a good point though, Erica, because what this movie does tell you straight away is that what you do know is not where this is or when this is, but you do know that this world is very dangerous for women. Yes. And yes. that yes. will, I mean, the when they talk about the greatest adventure, this is a nightmare world for women. Yeah, it is. You know, because no woman, almost no woman is safe in this world. Yeah. And but also our hero never talks about death. It's true. He doesn't. He does not. He, he to be fair, he doesn't namesake. say a lot. He doesn't say I mean, a his lot. Name most is of the movie, Death Talker, <laughs> and he doesn't talk about death not once, not once. It's unfair. It's unfair. He definitely does some stalking though, and he but, just. I love how he accidentally, like, even in the beginning, when we have a woman who's tied up with rope. I don't know why, and some guys tied her up, and then like a band of like I don't I don't know what these guys like that, like monkey ogres. I don't. Yes, yeah. they all attack. And and then they take uh, they so that guy runs off and really Deathstalker just happens upon this scene. It's not like he's really trying to save this no, woman. No, no, no. 
he yeah he was just like wandering along he was looking for like a koa that he could like camp at o- overnight and then yeah. he, he finds this he finds this woman <laughs> that's who's how about, long that goes that, they <laughs> go all the way back to that time that's when it started by the way, at this point, we've already seen Deathstalker, De- uh, Death and we've kind of mentioned it. So let's just go ahead. How distracting was his wig for you throughout the film? I barely looked at his wig. I was just checking out his beefy bob <laughs> the entire time. I'm not going to lie. He was in very good shape. I just he was in good shape. looked at that wig maybe one time. I don't know. It didn't bother me. It was highly distracting for me. It's re- so It was such a bad wig. I was all. I was purely obsessed with that wig. Obsessed with it. <laughs> Mark and I had growing up for I don't know how we came across this, but we had a few like masks and a few other stupid things we had in the garage that we would dress up as or whatever. One of these things that we had was like this gray haired wig that we just had and we would use for various costumes or when we shot little movies or whatever and we would wear this wig. I don't know where we got this wig. I feel like that shitty wig, I don't even know how we got a hold of it was a thousand times better than Deathstalker's wig. His wig yes. was so bad and so annoying. And to your point, there's fires everywhere. I really felt like his wig was going to just like, burst into flames at any moment. Well, <laughs> Ember could get in that, and then he would be For sure. in and real he's gone. trouble. He's gone. But oh, God, this yeah. movie starts... It Plus starts, all the grease on him? Oh, my God. It starts very much like a Western, in that you have a woman in distress, someone tries to steal his horse, he mm-hmm. has a southern accent, and that sort of, really yeah, mm-hmm. it threw me for a loop. Well, that Harlan, then, Kentucky, you can't, you can take, uh, take the boy out of Harlan, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then he's 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 trying to uh, get it on with this woman who he just saved, and this old man wanders into his house, and he's like, "I'll meet you outside." How long did he have to hang out inside for his boner to go down? Like, did he? Wait, where, to, what house? Wow. He doesn't go to a house. He's invited to like a nearby. But he camp. said, "I." But he says to the old man that wanders in, "I'll talk with you outside." Even though the oh. out, he's he is he is outside. outside. Oh. But I guess there's <laughs> another outside. But he like did the. I only figured he he said that he, he because he's like I got boner I, talking. I, I, that's the boner talking. <laughs> he, he's just trying to give himself a second. He meant to say, "I'll just give me a minute," but he was just, "I'll I'll talk to you outside." <laughs> and the old man, and yeah. the old man was old. He was he was mature enough to be like, "He's got to let his boner go down." Right. I understand. <laughs> I got a, like a loincloth here that's trying to keep a little, you know, humility yeah, I, here I'm gonna, between I'm me gonna and you. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let that slide because you got a boner. I okay. did way, not it's... know that there was a new segment called Donger Insights that we were going <laughs> to dip into. I would have prepared a, a theme song for it. I know. It. I'm so sorry. Donger Insights. There you go. Don't worry. It's ready. It's Just there. cut it's that and put there. it in earlier. There. there you go. Um... By the way, it's in the. Are you con- peeing right now, Jesus? <laughs> it sounded like You're really... taking donger insights <laughs> to extreme level. Yikes! <laughs> Did you just take this into the restroom? <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, poured myself some wine, but oh, sure. thank God! Um, by the way, in the commentary, it's revealed that Hill looked at his role as sort of like a James Bond type, <laughs> which makes, which only makes sense in how he's playing. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that he read like beefcake in a loincloth and he's thinking Bond. <laughs> you can kind of see that when I watch the movie, I can kind of oh. see it. Like it's, it's oh I'm my not God. it's totally appropriate, but he, oh. 
I mean, he he's cocky as hell, and he makes out with every single girl that's around. So I'm uh, like, I mean, I you know, I can see where he kind of draws that to a degree. Oh but. wow, that is a that is a real stretch comparison. Yeah. There. Um, but when uh. when Deathstalker meets this new guy, and he ends up meeting the king, and he instantly starts eating the king's food. Mm-hmm. The king asks him to take on Munkar, his former magician, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which Deathstalker says only a fool would do. And the king says, no, a hero. And there's this musical flourish and a push in on Deathstalker's face. And once the music is done, he licks his fingers and he says, heroes and fools are the same thing. Yep. I'm like, are the filmmakers trying to let us know that this isn't a hero, actually? This guy's not going to be. If you're going to expect this guy to be a hero, he won't be. Because, you know what? They pay off on that. Because he doesn't act like a hero very much at all throughout the entire film. Also, how greasy is that chicken? I mean, seriously. My God. It's it's, it's, it's supposedly dog. Ew. It's supposed to be dog. Oh, I missed that. But before that happens, he meets up with his... That's what I'm disgusted about. They're pretending it's dog? Ew. He meets up. He meets up with his his pseudo partner, soon to be, uh, you know, uh, backstabbing nemesis. That's uh, later. The, is it? Is it? After, Shut up, Mark. We'll get there. <laughs> Jesus. No, that's later. He he for, he 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 has to get the sword first, and then he meets the sword. He he which the so sword. he meets the old witch first. So he basically turns down the king, who's like. We need a hero. And he's like, not right, right, me. Right. And then he, then the witch says, hey, you need to go get this sword. And he's like, I don't really feel like it. And then he stops by a pond. And she appears in the pond. like, oh, hey, yeah, that's right. stop drinking water. Go get the sword. You need to get this. Like, this is a guy who doesn't want to be a hero at all. It's like yeah. the whole, she's just guiding him no, into being, he, but he has he no interest. She's his M. <laughs> wow. You know what? That's a this actually is a James Shit, Bond it is movie. Bond. Yeah. It's a James Bond story. <laughs> yeah. We didn't realize it. We didn't know yeah. it. And he gets yeah. Q. He gets Q because Q is actually just this weird troll monster, this uh-huh. weird cave uh-huh. monster. Yeah. Yeah. And then watches off. And he has to turn then... himself into a little boy to pull him out of his cave. What? What's Which that? was so uh, weird. What is so that? weird? It's very uncomfortable. I can only be let out by a boy so he becomes a boy for half a second? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why? Yikes. Was that a day that Rick Hale couldn't make it? They were like, I don't know, we got this kid. That was a reshoot. And they were like, we had to, I don't know, we got to do something Rick woke up that morning and he was like, I have unstoppable diarrhea. (laughs) Like, it is, Imodium is not doing the job. Pepto's not doing the job. Like, this is unstoppable. The the Argentinian food is running through me. And Fred Savage and I got wasted last night. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so I cannot make a descent. I'm sorry. I can't. Who do we get to cover? Well, I've got this nine-year-old boy over here. Perfect. <laughs> Roll camera. Is that how they start things? I don't know. Yep. Yep. Oh man. Get him yeah. a loincloth. We're in. <laughs> get him a loincloth and a shitty wig. <laughs> uh so we do get Selmaron, who is played by an Argentinian actor named Augusto Loretta. That's who played him. Uh, does not do a whole lot in the States. So that's basically what we got. He he also appeared in 1985's Wizards of the Lost Kingdom, which is also for Corman. Part of the movies he was shooting in Argentina. But that's uh, that's about all we get 
stateside of him. Hmm. So when does Jason from Friday Thirteenth Part Three? He shows up pretty yes. soon after. So we also they've captured the Princess mm-hmm. Codile. Uh huh. So that's Barbie Benton. Now yeah. we don't see her get captured. We just see her get thrown into a room, which is in Munkar in the castle that formerly was hers. Again, none of this information is very well delivered. No, no. it is not. not at so all. in fact, when they this is how badly it's delivered. We they just we just we just see her being brought in by a bunch of men. We don't really know who she is, other than she has been mentioned by this king, who's eating dog by a campfire. Yeah, and Deathstalker just said, "No thanks, dude. Don't want to be your hero." So they they throw her down, and off screen they have one of the guards say, "Things have changed since your father's reign, haven't they, princess?" Like, they had to throw this ADR line in there because they're like, people don't know who this woman is. Right. They don't know we're actually in. It's actually formerly her castle. Like, none of this information. We right. don't get any of this stuff. No. And you know and, what? I didn't get it until you explained it right now. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Same. And I guess. And I remember that line and I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yes. This is <laughs> because he, the, 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 the Munkar took the castle from the king. Because he oh. took two of those items, I guess. I guess. I thought he. Okay. I actually thought, I thought what, he had his own castle. I thought what the guy meant initially by the things have changed. It was like, well, yeah, my dad didn't have two naked women swimming in this little mini pool, yeah. like in the middle of the room before. So this is pretty different in yeah. here. That's what I thought too. I I thought she was looking down at the water like that used to be for koi fish. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's just like a room where we keep naked women and pillows. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we use Hold here. Hold on, but that, that room becomes one of my favorite scenes when we get to Uh-oh. it. So, oh, yeah. Woo! Oh, no. For sure. Um, by the way, Barbie Benton, so she plays Princess Codile. She had been a Playboy playmate when oh. she dated Hugh Hefner in the 1970s. Yep. Oh, at which time she was also on Hee Haw, and she had a country music career during that time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hot decade for her in the 1970s. Wow, Barb. So she leaves Hee Haw to concentrate on act uh, and acting, and was basically in this, and a 1982 slasher called Hospital Massacre, mm. and retired from the business when she had her first child in 1986. Aw, Barb. And according to the commentary that I watched for this movie, they were not allowed to film her posterior... But they hmm. sure got everything else. Hmm. Well, I, be- that, I believe that might have been a request of Barbie Benton's. Huh. I'm not 100. percent Yeah, she was supposed to have a bigger, bigger role too. Like, there's supposedly were more scenes in here because she doesn't really have a fight scene hardly at all. She there was supposedly was a scene where they shot her actually being captured. Probably would have been good to include, but you know, Roger likes to keep these things nice and nice and brief. And mm-hmm. also to only a few cans, so he can uh, he can he can save money on on shipping uh, film cans. To I don't know, I saw cans. a lot of cans in this movie, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> You're really doing your best vaudeville for this episode. It's great. Thank you. Yeah, a real court jester. I imagine James Bond when I channeled it. <clears throat> um, I also, by the way, Munkar, <laughs> which we do run a little bit of, he is played by Bernard Erhar. Who, according to the commentary, he was actually Yul Brenner's understudy for *The King and I*. Huh. One of his, no he was kidding. a big theater oh, actor. No this kidding. is one of his biggest roles, uh, basically, when he's not doing a voiceover role. He did a lot of voiceover acting, and he passed in 2000. Um, so, once he's finally got the sword, he's got he's got 
Salmarone, that is when uh, we finally start to meet other characters and we get Ogris, and that's played by mm-hmm. Richard Brooker, yep. who's also the stunt coordinator on this as well. So he actually did a good amount of work on this movie, who played Jason uh, in Friday the 13th, part three. And- who is also wearing an outfit that defies all logic. It does not make <laughs> any sense. He's wearing a half if, shirt. If you yes, if you're going to wear a breastplate, which you would in any kind of medieval times. Sure. The thing that you want to protect the most is from the ribs down. Right. But he's wearing a half shirt. Yeah, yeah he is, maybe is protecting the shoulders. No, but you don't need to. But you not don't really. Need, there right, are no. no vital organs in the no. shoulders. Real sensitive shoulders. Not needed to. No, he does not need to. And and as you said, I uh, he... I I laughed out loud when he showed up on the screen. I couldn't believe someone thought you got good abs. Let's show those off. You would yeah. never ever do that. Now, granted, I'm no medieval scholar, but I'm pretty certain that that would be <laughs> the dumbest thing to go wear out on a horse when there could be people. Who could stab you at any time? Well, that was actually Fred Savage's costume. But then he ran <laughs> off. He also, ran off to do little Mark, monsters. So. If you're not a medieval scholar, then why did you ask me for all those scrolls? <laughs> what did you need all those fucking scrolls for then, Mark? Be- because I'm a medieval scroller. <laughs> oh, shit. My bad. I thought you said scholar. No, right. I said scroller. <laughs> Um, not only does he meet Salmarone, I guess Salmarone, he gets meets Ogris, which by the way, Ogris fills in that beat that critical piece of information because he says, I'm gonna go fight at the castle and I'm gonna because we're gonna try to become his heir. And Deathstalker, for once, shows a moment of actual intelligence and says, Why fight in a tournament a tournament to become an heir of a sorcerer who never dies? Which is actually like, yeah. But makes a critical mistake because you can never trust a Jason. No, no, he, he trusts a Jason. Ever. It's Correct. a terrible mistake. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't pay a huge price, but you shouldn't have trusted Jason. Yeah. And then they and meet he- Kyra, who literally comes out of the woods. And that is played by Lana Clarkson, mm-hmm. uh, whose only performance in this was, 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 uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High in a smaller role. So, and after this, she, she impressed Corman so much that he created 1985's Barbarian Queen for her which was also written by Howard Cohen, which led to Barbarian Queen 2, The Empress Strikes Back, and Wizards of the Lost Kingdom 2 that she was in. Wow. These are Concord movies, though, so we don't have to watch them. We right? don't. No, Please yes, this is all yeah, Concord. Right? Yeah, okay, this is, this is Concord. We dodged a bullet on that one. I believe we might still have to watch The Warrior and the Sorceress. Mm. I'm trying that's to figure a, that, out where 2023 that... 2023 I'm looking yeah, at you yeah 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 that's yeah. when we're gonna watch <laughs> that one we have to watch it anytime soon but anyway she was uh she plays Kyra who kind of comes out of the bushes by the way I, I should say she, <laughs> bushes bushes Whee! yes and she is revealing pretty much all as she comes out Don in the sword I I should mention um she passed in 2003 because uh after being shot and killed in Phil Spector's home Mm. Which is why mm. Phil Spector went to jail and he died there uh, yeah. and earlier yeah. this year. No, that's true. She's the one who comes out and, and is wearing almost nothing and gets in her first fight scene mm-hmm. wearing almost nothing. 
Almost nothing. Yeah. And But to be fair, if I had the body of Lana Clarkson, I would be naked all the time. I'd be at the bank like, yes, I'd like to make a withdrawal. And they'd be like, ma'am, you need to put on a shirt. And I'd be like, do I? I think this cloak is enough. <laughs> like, and they, I would and they, be, yeah, I'd be walking around just showing it all the time. Um, It's weird, though. Her character is there to also go fight in this tournament. She never actually gets in a fight scene outside of Munkar's assistant. Uh, later on in the film and dies after it. So I don't think she would be doing very well in that tournament, quite frankly, because Munkar's assistant is a total ding dong. So yes. Yeah, absolutely. So a like, total ding dong. Yeah. So, and she, I mean, and she dies very quickly. Like she's, and she's what the second build person in the credits third yeah build? yeah and she dies fast believe me in the commentary they're also surprised they're like wait she dies here i thought she died later like yeah. they're Her all death very sudden yeah, it, it seems sudden it is too soon and you can kind of see why uh corman wanted to move her along because barbie benton is such a side note and then here comes this in this <clears throat> you know very tall blonde nude lady with a sword and you're like why you know, and of course, instantly, Deathstalker gets with her because, of course, he does. So, like, what's what? Why are we worried about the princess? Like, we already found a, a lady for him, so they had to kill her off just to kind of make it like, well, she died, so you know, he had to go for the princess because. So it just felt like why there can only he, be one femme fatale in this movie, and so right. we got to mm-hmm. kill her off quickly. Well, she's the first Bond girl. Yeah. And uh, Princess mm. Codile is the real oh. Bond girl. Yeah, very okay. The last. Okay. Yeah. So once we get to the, the castle, then... Oh my God, this fucking movie. Um, This is where I call it the Welcome to My Fuck Palace scene. Wow. that's work- <laughs> I thought you said we were going to workshop names before you just... Nope. No, I just dropped it. Because I... you could have said Welcome to My Pussy Palace. Put- Damn it, Ryan. Mm, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that's why you got to run this by I love me. That. That's a great alliteration. I, uh, Yeah, because this is literally, they are just like, it is just like, there's women in a, in a mud fight. Uh, there's, we get the introduction to Pigman. Yeah, we it's just more get... than a fuck palace, Ryan. It's a pleasure palace. Come on, there's so mm, many is, other more yeah, appropriate so names. Much pleasure. There's like, there's so many uh, chicken thighs that you can eat at mm. any given moment. Just mm-hmm. so many, you can so devour. many. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of mead that you can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so plenty I mean, of seating. There, Plenty of seating. Yeah, plenty of seating. Ample lots seating. Of, lots, of pe- lots of pillows. There's chandeliers to swing yeah. from. Yeah. There mm-hmm. is fights to get to happen. The fight breaks up for no reason I can truly understand. Why everyone's suddenly fighting. What, over Pigman? Because Pigman didn't get what he wanted? I don't understand. Yeah. Well, Also, I mean, are there other creatures? Why is Pigman the only creature? There's no other creature. The poster is of this giant ogre holding a woman. And Deathstalker's going after it. There was no, there's no ogre. The only thing we got was a cave troll. That's and, because Fred Savage and, walked off the set. He right. was supposed to play. Oh, that he was going right. to do so many monsters. He was going to, yeah. he was a little Tom Savini in his day. And then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for saying then, that. Finally. And, then, and yeah. then he got the Wonder Years and that all ended. Well, you know, contractually it did. And not in his heart. Yeah. Um, in his, but in yeah. his garage, he was still making tons of monster masks. <laughs> or yeah. Deathstalker years later even though the movie had already been shot the whole shot. idea for Friday 13th Part 4 
was from Fred Savage's life. <laughs> That's right. But it was, anyway. uh, yeah, exactly. That's for another episode. It was we'll Richard Brooker who was telling him about it because yeah. he was uh, Jason. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So we have that terrible scene where, I don't know, I, I don't even know what to say about that scene. Oh, it's it's just, a, it is just a pleasure palace. It is exactly what you think a <laughs> totally disorganized fuck zone would look like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, it's... Uh, so then you have that. You have that whole thing going on. And that uh, basically... Have, there's you, like have so... death, you have Death Talker's sidekick <laughs> who can't get anything. Like, that guy, he's just sitting there eating an apple. He's just, like... Recognizing, uh, like, I'm never, I'm never going to score in this. He game. serves never. almost no purpose at all. He None. was just, like, his, his geriatric intern... He's he's supposed to be a thief, and the storyline is that he needs to go in and take an amulet and a chalice from a sorcerer. Right. He has a thief with him, and two warriors will make the thief go steal something. Make him go in and he never does. He does end up saving the princess, but like inadvertently, but he does. Yeah. Way more than Deathstalker does, but he doesn't do he has no purpose. He goes into that pleasure room. He gets such a huge boner, he can't get up and leave. That's right. And then that's he's right. basically oh. stuck yeah. in that's that That's true. And he has the fire-breathing lady that's the really into him. The fire-breathing lady who's into him. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, nope. I yeah. can't and move. That, and that got I him going. Move. He was like, I love a woman who can spit fire. That's... I also just feel like I can really relate to him. Because like when you do get really comfortable in a seat, like it's hard to want to get up. Yeah. Boner or not. No, totally. It's tough totally. stuff to he get up. He was playing his age. Comfortable in a seat. There. Comfortable in a seat and a good boner, then mm-hmm. you're not getting up at all. You're I'll just have like, to just oh, take your word. I'll have to take your word on that one. He's like, I'm not going to waste a good boner by getting up and trying to force it to go away. Going to enjoy it. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and oh, I'm going to eat my God. apple and enjoy my boner yeah. and yep. my and my good seat. <laughs> and maybe that woman will spit more fire at me. I don't know. <sighs> then once we get past this, essentially it goes to the tournament. I mean, yeah. for a movie that has almost no setup, then once we get to the castle it's pretty much just like okay now here's a tournament Mm -hmm. we get a couple fights yeah and then we get the night and then we and then that's when ogris you know reveals himself or he finds out that he's he's trying to do he doesn't reveal himself no well he does in that room with that girl yeah, no, he does, but yeah. uh, not in that, not in the scene you're, you're talking about. No, but eventually he does reveal that he's kind of uh, trying to set mm-hmm. up Deathstalker, and yeah, Deathstalker right. takes him out. And then, like, Deathstalker fights once in this tournament. Munkar is so nervous for this guy, and he doesn't have to even fight in it. He's not even fighting. Yeah. And Munkar's like, we've got to stop him before he ever fights. He, he hasn't even fought anybody. Yeah. What do you know about his fighting? Just because he gets the he sword, because he knows about the sword, and so Ugh. he's worried about the sword. God, so, man! Once, once you gave Deathstalker a sword, like that old witch. Come on, you you know Deathstalker a little bit. You gave him a sword, and he walked around like, "Fuck yeah, I got the sword. I fucking own this place." He like you gave the cockiest guy in the world a powerful sword. That's that's just a bad mix. Yeah, but then it's around this time that Munkar like turns his sidekick into Barbie Benton. Yeah. To try yes. to seduce him. Which I okay. That's I think after the second day of fighting after he beats up Pigman, I think. Yeah. And that's in yeah. night night two. Right. But 
I was really confused by that scene because. Oh no, no, you, that's I think to begin with, right? That's that's to begin with because yeah. because he does that after the the welcome to the pleasure palace scene, right? Uh, because he's, and he says that I'll send her need, to your I'll send her to your room later, right? So uh, and it uh, that the sidekick is going to stab him when he's not touching the sword, right? Which he doesn't do. Right. But then they do get sort of aggressively romantic. Sort of? he's kicking her off. But here's the thing. If you are a male that was turned into a female by an evil wizard. Okay. And you're scared where this is going. A male. (laughs) But your preference is still females. Do you adopt the same sexual desires of the female who's attractive who's attractive to males and attractive to males or are you attracted to a female because you are in a female body and would you fight him off because you're not able to have sex with him because you're not attracted to him or is it do you want to have sex with him but I, you're I've male. Lost, I lost you so long ago. Yeah, Mark. this is the most awkward crunch in the numbers that we've had yet. I don't, I'm not sure. But then he leaves and very quickly turns back into his original self. Correct, yeah. Which if he hadn't been kicked out of the room 60 seconds earlier, he would have turned into his original self during sex, which would have been a better scene. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. that would have been interesting, yeah. What would that scene have been? Hmm. Or just like that part in Cinderella where parts of it start to change. Like she, like when she's trying to race back and like the pumpkins or the, you know, the carriage is starting yeah. to change back into a pumpkin. Like maybe they're making out and just like his arms go from Barbie's arms to his own hairy, like manly arms. <laughs> or like his own hairy manly legs. And then like... Instead, I guess like for what the... More, movie- more, more, more specifically, I'm, I'm thinking... His dinger do is in her hoo-ha, and then that turns back into the guy. What happens in that connection? Sword there? fight. That's a yeah. sword. That's a sword fight. Just pure sword fight? That would be his death stalkers, death talkers second fight. What if his penis his is second like sword fight in the urethra? No, no. Yeah, that's what Stop I'm thinking. It. Would it you be have in to the urethra? This with me. <laughs> You're not allowed anymore. And then, then that assist, then the the wizard's assistant, evil wizard's assistant, is like, "Ow, dude, that fuck! Work. Ow, that hurts! <laughs> Yikes! How is this possible? Yikes! Yikes!" Okay. Oh, God. That would have been more... Instead, the scene we get, though, is actually a scene where Deathstalker climbs on top of... uh, Barbie Benton's character. Yeah, the the assistant. I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. the assistant as Barbie Benton. And and this kind of feels like this isn't... uh, I don't know. There's something about this sexual assault that doesn't feel right. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Do you guys think he knew it wasn't her all along? We're supposed to think, I think, that he was like, "Mm, I don't know. Because he even says, who are you? Like, he doesn't. Yeah. He sees something's up, I I guess, because. That guy probably still smells like a guy. (laughs) Still smells like a wizard's assistant. He smells like cheese and potions. (laughs) And so he's like, wait a minute. The princess I know didn't smell like cheese and potions. She smelled like flowers and turkey legs. You're a liar. Or did she? Crap. 
Do you need my mouth trumpet? One thing. <laughs> yes. That's the perv I was trying to say. You went for it. Some you didn't know about princesses is they eat tons of cheese. And they, rip <laughs> they rip farts. They can't. Nobody can tell them not to rip farts. They're the richest so, people around. Uh, let's let's skip to the end here because what? I mean, uh, essentially, we, we've kind of gone over honestly what happens. Yeah. With I mean, outside of the assistant trying to fool him and then killing poor Lana Clarkson uh, while he dies too, then we kill off uh, Ogress. Then uh, the tur- the second day of the tournament happens, and then. The, what happens? Munkar disguise, disguises himself again as Kang. Yeah, right. Which is played by our tin, Argentinian actor Victor Bo. And he guess he uses the amulet as bait and hangs it from the ceiling. So the Death that- Doctor comes and then he can attack him. It's so awkwardly set up. I was yeah. like, what is happening? And he swings this giant axe and immediately the axe breaks against the wall. Oh, God. It's the weakest axe. He got it, at, uh, obviously, at a, at a five and dime store mm-hmm. uh, right around the corner from the witch's house. Mm-hmm. And But then he gets the amulet and then he puts it on and it shines. But what does the amulet do? What, what does it give him? What does I don't it know. solve? I guess it helps him later because when he goes outside, he has to fight the many Munkars, which is a scene that Erica adored. Oh, God. I mean, are we ready to go to favorite scenes yet? I mean, you can spoil it Oof. and just dive yeah. in. But yeah, that scene where he has to fight the many Munkars. Yeah. Mm. That if you have any opportunity when you're watching the scene to look behind the actor playing Munkar... And just see whoever's behind him. I mean, it's so clearly not him. Oh, so it's so great. Oh, yeah. Not at all him. They do actually a really cool job. There's a shot where it's him and he kind of walks forward. And then you see two people behind him and the pan- the camera pans to the right. And then it's M- Munkar again. So clearly he walked around the camera and yeah. set himself up as if there's m- multiple guys. But when you do see the people behind him, it's like those guys are not Munkar. I mean, they may be guys that are bald and have a goatee, but they're not Munkar. Also, this is around the time that his tattoos start showing up on various parts of his head. It keeps yes. switching sides. It's always, going yes, it does move sides. Th- okay. It moves sides. I thought I was, I was, I was like, like oh. am I going insane watching this? Like, <laughs> no. why is this tattoo uh, That is the moving? handiwork of John Carl Buechler, who does all the makeup effects and special effects in this, including our little uh, puppet uh, creature that lives in the- Fred Savage. Fred Savage's part that lives in the tr- the treasure mm-hmm. chest and eats eyeballs and 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 uh, and fingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that. Those are the creations of John Carl Buechler, who uh, directs a Friday the Thirteenth as well. I believe Friday the Thirteenth Seven, right? So, uh, so lots of Friday the Thirteenth uh, uh, flourishes here. When uh, when he so he does get the amulet, he has to fight all the many Munkars, mm-hmm. which then, is just. As easy as slashing at one, slashing yeah. many Munkars one time. Oh with my sword. gosh! Mm-hmm. Then he's, he's he's he swats at him, and they're just basically empty robes mm-hmm. once he does it. And then Munkar, his his sword, Deathstalker's sword, gets all red. Is he making it super hot or super heavy? I can't figure it out. And then basically he says, ha, you have no power over me. And he sets up a bunch of fire, which Deathstalker walks through. Maybe the amulet helps him with that or the sword. 
or the fact that he says, I don't care about your power. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I don't know, but he can walk through fire with no problem. I don't know how he does it. Maybe it's just a pure mind over matter thing. Maybe he just took, he took a weekend intensive and like the wizard just didn't, Munkar didn't know that. So he was like, like he already knows how to walk over coals because he did like this whole trust fall thing at a, at a camp and he learned how to like, your mind is more powerful than your body. And so it's not the amulet. Or you the fell sword. asleep at a party. Somebody tattooed his bald head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are, <laughs> yeah, that tattoo was not by choice. That was oh. just like, yeah, you got a little dare, too much right? at a party. Yeah. Cause like, Friends it's a squid. It. It's a dragon. It's a light. It's, it's a you squid know. dragon. Yeah. It's yeah. a squid, squid dragon. dragon. Squid yeah. dragon. Yeah, um, he what he doesn't realize is that that's not oil all over Deathstalker's body and chest. That's actually just flame retardant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can just walk through fire, no problem, because he's just sprayed himself down. Anyway, then we get to the fact that he destroys all three things once he gets them like a rebellious teen. Yeah. Like, no one gets it. <laughs> Literally, Deathstalker mm-hmm. is like this whole movie. Yeah. He is like the rich teenager who's like got a second car yeah. basically <laughs> like he was like yeah i got another car for like weekends and then i got this car and you know i do the the lamborghini on weekends and i use the mercedes to drive to school like it's just like Ugh. this point then he's like yeah this stuff forget all these three things this is ultimate power eh, who cares i'll break it apart and everyone's like no it's like he took a briefcase of money and was like i don't need this money let's throw it in the flames and everyone's like no dude we can all use that. Don't throw that away. He's like, I don't need it. I have two cars. Deathstalker is the worst. He is the worst. And he has a terrible wig. <laughs> and a terrible wig. I don't so know what I know he's we've doing. said a lot of them already out loud, but this just feels like a really natural time to talk about things we love and things we hated. That's right. We're going to talk about the things we love and the things we hated about Deathstalker. Mark, what's something you love, something you hated? Uh, something I loved was the wobbly sets. Like there are many scenes <laughs> with, with yeah. people back into a wall, and it it very visibly wobbles. Yeah, and you're like mm-hmm. they didn't even try to cut that or be like, well, hold on, let's do another take. No, don't we back don't have time into the that. wall. We don't have time no, for that. We don't have time for that. Yes, the wall totally moved behind you, but that's cool. We no one will notice. I and did. this is like one of the I first did. of of several movies he makes in Argentina. So this is the first. So they're getting the top, like in terms of all the sets, they're first. By the time they shoot the end, by the time they're really shooting Deathstalker 2, they are just repurposing these old crappy sets. Like the sets are junk by then. So this is where it's at their at, at its They best. were junk at the oh, beginning. At the beginning, at the beginning. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. They're barely held together by Deathstalker Yeah, 2. exactly. Yeah. So that's something I loved. Erica? Oh, things I loved. I mean, I've already mentioned a couple. I obviously loved the extremely high city count. It was just a lot of fun. I I also really loved um, the sidekick. Not not the thief. Um, God, I'm blanking on his name right now. The half body armor sidekick that he picks up. Jason from Ogre Friday Part Ogress. 3. Yes, Ogress. Thank yes. you. Because I just felt like it wasn't to me <laughs> watching it it was like okay you've got your like beefy lead and now you need like your young and spunky hunk <laughs> it yep, was just yep. like so 
ridiculous. Yep. It was so ridiculous. I was cracking up. That's Those are my two. In addition to everything else I've mentioned that I loved, those are my two things that I loved. Ryan? This was a tough one. Um, this feels like a movie that you would have a lot more things to say you really loved. Yeah. And I can see, like, it has some dumb fun on it if you can get past its shittier qualities. Um, but you know, uh, it's, uh, but here's the thing I loved <laughs> and, uh, is Munkar being pulled apart by horses at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I like that. That's what horses like are a, meant that for. Was intense, you know? That was like intense. Like a pair thing. of Levi's jeans. That I mean, guy got pulled in, apart. It happens in like less than a minute, like from conception to the horses going and to him being like a puddle of guts. Yep. And it's so fast, but it was like, oh, okay, that was cool. I mean, that was kind of a brutal. Normally, if a scene like that would happen in a movie, that would be a, like a much bigger moment. This was a very, very fast moment, but I like that. But it, this was a tough one to pull stuff out because I've seen this movie now many times for this. And it's just uh, like the thing yeah. is, is when you're making a movie for Corman, as we've gone over many times, you know you have certain parameters you have to hit, right? And this movie seems like a movie that was like, well, okay, we have to have like some fights. We have to have fights at a certain point. We have to have boobs at a certain point. Like they have to keep repeating and showing up. And this one f- feels like a movie that they just made just to hit those marks. Yeah. Like yeah. we're really just hitting. Now, I yeah, understand yeah. like in the commentary, they talk about the, a lot of scenes that there were stuff that was cut out. Mm-hmm. They don't elaborate too much on what that was. None of, none of them can re- really remember exactly what used to have been there. There's maybe a hint, again, of the, the abduction of the princess and other stuff that's there that, that, that they could have included. But this really does feel like, yeah, we're just making this movie. And look, there's some fights. There's a fight here. And then there's boobs. And there's another fight. And there's more boobs. And it just and it and it just doesn't like you have to use those parameters and try to make a good movie. You know, and it doesn't it doesn't it, it was it just wasn't, you know, as much fun as some of those as you're saying erica some of those things would would imply i think what you just said there is the most important term it's not fun yeah like you could have done all of that and made this a fun movie i think it takes itself a little too seriously and the story is very hard to follow even though they drop in these little inserts that kind of move the plot along but if you're not paying attention and in a movie like this you shouldn't have to pay attention this is a movie that they're going to carry you along very easily. And you're just gonna be like, okay, I know what I'm getting into here, but this, it's not a very well thought out storyline. And then you have like what you want to see, like some fighting, some real hunky guys and a lot of boobs. But in the end, at the very end of the movie, at the very end, he holds up the sword and, and it, it gets full of light and you're like, but what did you accomplish? <laughs> yeah. You didn't accomplish I anything. I don't yeah. know. So we, are no, the we are no better it. off at the end of this movie yeah. than at the beginning. Yeah. I don't know what happened here. So I think it's safe to say that things we hated were this movie. <laughs> well, well I unanimously, mean, we hated uh, this Mark, movie. Mark, go ahead. What, it's something I'm going to throw in one other thing that I hated, and that is... No matter what I do, no matter how hard I try, I will be, I will never be in as good of shape as Death Talker. Yeah. Rick Hill Ever. really, yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's in good shape. I mean, he, he's very, it's very Mark Singer and Beastmaster-esque. Like, he really, he went for it. Um, Erica, something you hated? Oh, I hated the entire movie, Ryan. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for asking. Okay. Thank you. Um, I, you know, I could talk a lot about the poor script. We sort of just mentioned and touched on it that like, here's a movie that I think had a very simple story, but was edited in such a way that you're like, yeah, you don't care about the story. It's like, well, but yeah, I mean, it would be nice to know whatever dumb story you've cooked up, which isn't much. It'd be nice to at least follow whatever it is. And and there isn't much, but it, it is just cut together, uh, so to just go so quickly again, that movie is an hour and 20 minutes or something. Uh, if that and so it's cut together to be so brisk that you just you don't even know what's happening you don't even know what's going on yeah um but i would have to say all those things this movie also just treats women like shit and it's just like man it's it's hard to to overlook and i'm not you know i i can we can look we watch new world pictures movies there's a lot of stuff that we overlook or you kind of go well yes okay product of its time maybe or whatever but it just treats women like absolute dog shit. It's it's tough. Again, we we're not and, medieval scholars here, so maybe a medieval <laughs> scholar will come in and say, "Oh, well, women were like sexually assaulted on a daily basis." I I don't know, but it this, that's what this movie certainly offers certainly, as a hypothesis. A, a, as a medieval scroller like I am, <laughs> uh, I would even still say it treats women very very poorly. Yeah, it's uh, it's that part's not so great. Let's move into favorite scenes. Erica, you talked about it. You you maybe have already mentioned it. Your favorite scene. Oh, God. Well, we did talk about the final scene with the many, many Munkars, mm-hmm. which are clearly mm-hmm. not Munkar. Mm-hmm. It was just like, hey, mm-hmm. throw, a, throw a cloak on literally anyone. Anyone. Yeah. I was giggling through that entire thing. Just Guy's some of them holding a boom, but he's yeah. wearing a cloak. <laughs> exactly. It was like anybody who was in a 30 foot radius of the of filming was brought into that scene. But really, my absolute favorite scene I mentioned to you, Ryan, happens to be on the subject of women being treated poorly <laughs> uh, as a sex scene between Death's Talker and Kiara, right? Kiara? Yeah. Yeah. Kyra? 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 Kyra. 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 Thank you. Kyra. Um, which starts just as awkwardly as it oh, ends. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, around the campfire where Death's Talker essentially just just goes over and just starts to make love to her. Right. We're in a campfire. Into, yeah, this is I'm a campfire. A You're trying to sex. sleep. You I clearly mean, you want know. some. Um, <laughs> but she's into it. But then they keep cutting away to his Salmaron. Little, to Salmaron. Yeah. And yeah. Salmaron just gives it that kind of knowing, like, like, oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. Like nods right. and then goes back to sleep. And then that's the fine. Like, there's no reason. And it completely pulls you out of the sexiness of these two absolutely beautiful people getting together and hooking up. They're absolutely gorgeous, but they keep cutting away to his reaction. I'm like, I don't need to see his reaction. It was my absolutely my favorite scene because yeah, it's yeah. his reaction is so unnecessary and it literally ends on him going like mm-hmm, and then yeah. going back and then to sleep moves, and it moves on yeah and it moves on I yeah. just easily my favorite scene because it was so outrageous. Um, Ryan, Mark, did we t- oh mention Mark mention your favorite scene? Uh, no, but it, it it is another scene with Sal Moran when he falls six stories into like what is it basically. Yes a mall fountain pond and and some and somehow lives 
Yeah. But then he right. si- but but he sits up and he's surrounded by women who are all laughing at him and he says, "I've waited my whole life for this <laughs> to be publicly humiliated by every woman that's around." Is yeah. that what you're waiting I, I know what they're trying to say. I sure, I've sure, come sure. up from this from this and I'm surrounded by all these beautiful women, but to me I took it as like you waited your whole life to be laughed at mm-hmm. by every woman in the whole town yeah. is laughing at you. Yeah. I've wanted to be cuckolded my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> finally did it. Finally it's happened. <laughs> it's finally happened. Yes. <laughs> Unlike a lot of men, he's been like, I I want my masculinity laughed at and questioned. <laughs> <laughs> Which may be like the carbon offset for how humiliated all the other women are in this movie. Yeah, slight, slight yeah. tax. Yes, yeah. Finally, um, yeah. I in in Sal Moran, he does not get enough time in this movie. There's a lot of people who don't get enough time in this movie, but probably my favorite character because I like we said, here's a guy who who's like, hey, I found a good seat. I'm not moving. You know, like he, yeah. there's a lot of things that, that guy does that I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm with you, buddy. Or he's like, like I'd love hey. to move, but I'm I found a good spot. Somebody's. Somebody's having some sex. I'm going to go back to sleep. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> hanging out in a tree. I get to see it all. Um, yeah, but but hold on. But first being like, I'm going to stay awake just enough to like make sure it's going okay. Yeah, is it? Just, oh, okay. It is. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So great. Um, my favorite scene was the transformation of Monkard's assistant oh, into yeah. Princess oh, Codile. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. look, they they don't have money. It's 1983. Like there there still could be special effects that they do. They do have a guy there doing special effects. But they just do from a series of cuts back and forth, yeah. the Munkard yeah. and the yeah. assistant, suddenly it's Barbie Benton's face. It's just it's so ridiculous and great and it really was actually a really I thought it was actually a really well done in these series yeah, of was. shots like yeah not bad you actually. know not bad but uh, you know without a lot of effects not you were just doing a lot of like you know close-up shots of you know the guy like reacting and like feeling his body suddenly it's not him but it's a woman's hand and I you know it's silly but it was like effective you know yeah. um yeah and uh, that that it's it definitely also something I was not anticipating happening. Um, yeah. Let's go into uh, final questions. Let's get through our final questions for Deathstalker. Um, we've sort of kind of talked about this a little bit. Is Deathstalker his first name or last name or a combination of first and last name? I thought it was maybe like a nickname. Like his real name is like, you know, Darren Talker. And they're like, oh yeah, D-Talker, Deathstalker. Like it just kind of evolved. It that's feels my, to me like... That's my hot take. That feels, it feels to Thanks me... Thanks for the no reaction, guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you know what, guys? Things I hated? Your reaction to that hilarious bit I just did. God. Much like... What are your answers to this question? <laughs> no, I was trying to think through that. Like yeah, Seth, I was thinking through it too. Yeah, Seth, <laughs> Seth Talker. Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. I was trying to think of like how you yeah. would be like, oh, that sounds like Death Talker. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's yeah. it feels more like a nickname he gave himself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Where like if that's the case, then yeah, he yeah. like just he was sitting around one night thinking about his actual name and sounding it out, yeah. and then end up blending enough that it was like Death Talker. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm not Seth. Guys, 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 guys. Seth. Call me call me Deathstalker. 
dude. Yeah, and everyone's like, no, dude. Your, your name's Toby Williamson. Yeah. What, where did Death Starter come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Toby. <laughs> That's yeah. why he had to. That's why he had to get super beefy because he was Toby. He was just picked on. They, they initially called him um, Death's Talker because his breath was so bad. Yeah, right. And when he would talk, everybody was like, "Oh, bro, Toby, go drink some fucking water. Your breath stinks." He was like, "No, I'm not Death's Talker. I'm Death Stalker." Because like I like no, dude, no Toby, no Toby. <laughs> He's I'd rather like, die than talk to you, Toby. Screw you, Fred Savage. Like, that's your last name. That's not your last name. Get over yourself. We can all change our names, Fred. <laughs> Mr. Hollywood last name. Yeah. Oh. All right. Um, Deathstalker has sex, as we mentioned, with many women in this movie. But do you think he also had sex with the old witch? Yes. 100%. I, Equal- I don't think what... We'll- in the movie that we saw, but like, have they hooked up before? For sure, definitely, <laughs> for 100%. sure, yeah, hundred percent. That's why she still did. She take his virginity? Him. I don't know, but they definitely hooked up. <laughs> they definitely hooked up. Um, there's a lot of people that like get movies out of this, and they go on to other Corman projects. Why not Pigman? Why didn't we get a Pigman movie? Yeah, that's a good call. That's we should have really had a Pigman spinoff. I mean, look, I, you either do a prequel because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't seem like things go well for him at the tournament, but we don't know for sure if he's dead. Right. Like, I is mean, there an entire Pigman race? Is it, he just one of many? Is I he? Know. I mean, I the, know. the price of that mask alone warranted a sequel. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. that's yeah. one of the most expensive props in, in the entire movie. And yeah. speaking of sorceress, could Pigman and Pando have hooked up and had an adventure? I mean,. God. I want to think. Wow, I want to think so. Yeah. I want to think How so. How are there four death death talkers and there's only one sorceress? one sorceress? I know. How crazy is that? We were robbed. Um, does it? Did it feel robbery to you that cave troll never came back? Yes, it did. <laughs> he just like ran off once he got the sword and was like, "Bye." You yeah. never saw him again. That's it weird. Did. Yeah, that was very call. weird. Very weird. Yeah. Uh, when Deathstalker meets Ogris, they save, actually in that scene, they save a mother and re- reunite, who's being tied up to a tree, and they reunite her with her son, and Deathstalker never kisses her. Do you think he regrets it? I mean, she had a, she had a kid. He doesn't need that kind of baggage. <laughs> he does not want to be tied down. Yeah, no. He's like, that's your son? Oh, yikes. Ew, never mind. Super turn off. Never Opposite mind. of boner. I have a loner. I have a noner. It's not happening. A loner. <laughs> I have to borrow someone else's yeah. boner. Yeah, I would have to boner. borrow a boner. Because, I would have to get a loner yeah. in order to get a boner from I would you. need a loner boner because you are gross. Because you have a kid. <laughs> I will save you, but I will not sleep with you. <laughs> Oh, Mark, you were saying? No, I, I can't beat that. I cannot <laughs> beat that at all. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of a spinoff movie, Monkar's little creature that yes, eats eyeballs and thank stuff. Thank you. What? Yeah. What? I mean, is not that only thing? did that deserve way more time in this movie, and that should have been in this movie. In the movie? The Fred Savage. Well, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we understand Fred Savage left the production, so that w- limited. The time that we but can see why that creature. Didn't, why was there not more about that? I, that yeah. feels feels like there's a there's some uh, 
cutting room floor bits. That's yes. what I'm saying. That went on that with that. There has to be. And also, what happens to that? Now, once Munkar is dead at the end, what happens to that little guy? Exactly. Who's going to feed Who's that little yeah. guy? Yeah, because the assistant's gone. I know. Munkar's dead. Now what? That was all I could think about. As the sole owner of two fish um, <laughs> and a family of four, I'm the sole caretaker for two fish. Uh, that creature. I was, wish we we and so good of you to never bring that up yeah. on a daily basis. No, I need everyone to know that I am the um, single parent to two fish. I'm a single parent. Um, oh God! The, yeah, the that creature's that in trouble. Children. That that creature's in trouble. Basically, yeah, that creature is dead. Yeah. Let's just hope that mom of that boy comes and takes care of it because God. Um, when Lana Clarkson has her her initial fight scene, as I mentioned, she comes out of the woods. She's got her boobs out. But when she fights these... <laughs> right? I mean, you know, she fights boobs out. That does not narrow saying. it down in this film. Yeah. She comes no, out, she, her she, boobs she, are out. She, she is tits out when she, she tits out when she, when, she, when she comes out. Then 100%. when she has that fight with the assistant, she has them slightly contained. Yeah. Under that costume. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that a mistake? No, well, I felt I, like that was part of her fight is... If the fight's going, she's not winning, then she's just like, boobs, and the whoever she's fighting is probably a man, so they're going to be like, wait, what? And then she's like, slice. Well, I'm just saying, she dies in the, from that fight, and she has the boobs slightly contained. I'm just saying, maybe if she had them out, it oh, would have been distracting. It would have been a, a tool of distraction. Roger spent at least 50 bucks in the 1983 Spirit Halloween store, where, <laughs> he, where she got like the Princess Leia from Return of the Jedi outfit on. And he's like, you're going to have to wear this the whole yeah. time. Yep. Like yep. you can show your boobs in the beginning, but I, I, I bought this for you. Okay. So at the end, does the witch die? Yeah. I don't know. I mm. felt like her power just like tapped out for like a second. Yeah. And then she vanished. Did she just like teleport away or is yeah. she dead? What? Are- no, I think her power just like tapped out. Because Munkar literally is holding a chalice, and he's like, "You, you power it, it holds nothing over me." He walks through fire and then just takes the chalice away. And at that point, Munkar is like, "What can I do?" So I'm like, "How could he have killed the witch?" I mean, I don't understand. I, I don't know. I think she was like just channeling enough power to like get in there for a second. I guess so. That's my guess. I- I, I just I have to think that she thought that there would be one more series of taxi, and so she was going to head back to that. <laughs> this guy, this guy, he won't let it go. He won't. All right, let's dive into some quick research because I did some research, and goddamn it, I want some credit for it. Yeah, okay? you do. Ryan's okay. revenge oh research. My God. I did some research, and I thought this will be fun, and then I finished the research, and I was like. Oh God! Uh, I just, I just want this. I just want to recognize what I did. Let's just start with the fact that this is, as I said, the first of five movies Corman agreed to make in Argentina. Um, <laughs> he also made The Warrior and the Sorceress, which he, which we may eventually talk about. Wizards of the Lost Kingdom, Barbarian Queen, also Cocaine Wars. Ooh. He ended up shooting like almost like nine, I think maybe nine movies in Argentina. This sort of became his Philippines that he did in the beginning of New mm-hmm. World Pictures. Um, also, the end of the uh, initial run of movies in Argentina was Deathstalker 2, which uh, w- which I will talk about in a second. But this movie, Deathstalker 1, is released in 1983, nearly a year after Sorceress, and between Space Raiders and Love Letters. Mm. Oof. 
Wow. And now Corman at this point, as, as we recall from going through Space Raiders, Love Letters, and Screwballs, Corman was doing Millennium Films because he had technically sold New World at the time, but he was still uh, contractually obligated to make films that New World would, would release. So he started Millennium Films to make those and then decided, ah, I don't want to do this name anymore. This movie was actually made by Palo Alto Productions, which is one of his initial... By Pap? <laughs> Indeed. Pap Productions. Um, which was one of the initial production companies he... he st- <laughs> it's clearly run by dudes. It's clearly run by dudes. No lady would have let that happen. Um, which is one of the initial production companies he starts way, way before New World. So he dusted off that old one to do this. Um, it uh, received mixed reviews, but was... You think? Yeah. But it was... <laughs> what? Obviously, it was very financially successful, not only in the theaters, but on video, on home video, eventually on home video. Because of all the boobs. Yes. And it was... Oh, it was... Cla- oh, it was oh that's why. Home video. Home video. Wink. Yeah, let's like pop it in and then mm-hmm. pop it in. Uh-huh. La la. And get one of those loner boners because I can't get it up anymore. <laughs> I need a loner boner. Um. The loner boner t-shirt is going to be amazing. Amazing. Loner boner. Um, by the way, this is not the only Conan ripoff that is released in 1983. If you remember, Sorceress was made to basically because Corman knew Conan, Conan the Barbarian was coming. So he wanted to make and Conan a, and Conan. He knew that Conan would be a thing, yeah. but Conan, he was trying to like make a Conan before Conan was released to theaters. That's what he made. Right. Sorceress. This is an obvious. Okay. Conan has been released. We've seen Conan. Now we're going to make Deathstalker. But here's some other ripoffs that were happening in 1983, just for context. Uh, first and closest to our hearts. Uh, Lucio Fulci's Conquest is also released in 1983. Such a good movie. As I I was watching this movie, I kept thinking, I need to watch Conquest. Yeah. Now, Conquest is fun. That is fun. Also, confusing and what's happening, but fun. Just like this movie. Yeah. But I had more fun. But more fun. Not as many boobs, but still boobs. Um, (laughs) uh, Hundra. Never seen that one. No. Mm -mm. Iron Master from Umberto Lenzi. Nope. Sword of the Barbarians. It's a lot of Italians making these. Thor the Conqueror, Throne of Fire, and Yor the Hunter from the Future from Antonio Margariti. Now, I just wanted to quickly, because I one thing I did after watching this was like, okay, this was one of many, because this is just 1983. I could go through a list of tons of other Conan ripoffs that happened because the 80s were filled with them. This was New World's Conan ripoff, really. Sorceress, not really a ripoff of this movie. This one was a real ripoff. So I went back and watched Conan the Barbarian, the original 1982 oh, Conan the Barbarian. Wow. Because I was like, let's... That's um, Schwarzenegger, right? Schwarzenegger, that's right. Yeah. So I wanted to watch that one because, and to what you were saying earlier, Mark, there is a woman in it. Sandal Bergman plays Valeria in it. And she mm-hmm. has way more agency in that. In fact, women have way more agency in that. There's mm-hmm. certainly a lot of marauding and people are not very good. Like, you know, James Earl Jones is Thulsa Doom. They walk into, you know, Conan as a little kid and sort of like destroy the village. And, you know, there's a lot of that stuff. And they seem to have taken a lot of that, which is like 
evil wizard and like pillaging and they just took like little nuggets and just were like let's throw that in dust stalker like it was really like they took this the the their base points and i also thought about like there's just so much more story also conan is longer but right. it has way more of an epic feel of course it had a script initially by oliver stone rewritten by john milius who also directed the movie and and had way more going on but uh so I also decided to do a little bit, just a little bit of light research in Conan before I get into something else, uh, which was created in 1932 by pulp writer Robert E. Howard. Hmm. He was writing stories for this uh, pulp magazine called Weird Tales. And he started writing stories. He's writing a bunch of stories and he did a lot of Westerns, in fact. But one of the creations he had was Conan, which actually came after he had created a character called Cole the Conqueror, which there's... Uh, so. Then he would go on to do Conan. He only he did the first weird tale story, The Phoenix on the Sword, which was actually a rewrite of a Cole story. And that was the first, I believe, the first Weird Tales Conan story that he published. And he would write Conan for Weird Tales until 1936, totaling 17 published stories and a few stories that were not published uh, when he committed suicide at the age of 30. Hmm. Um, he, his mother, he was very close to, and she had a lot of health issues and she had gone into a coma. Once he found out that she was in a coma, he shot himself. Um, Did she get out of the coma? No, no. Uh, The stories would float around for decades and what, and then, and they were sort of like floating around from publisher to publisher and they'd republish all the Conan stories. And the 1970s Marvel comics starts publishing Conan comic books. And that's what really sort of brings another, big uh, bunch of popularity for Conan, basically, at that point. They were doing Conan the Barbarian, the Savage Sword of Conan, uh, a bunch of these. And these went on for for a long time. Eventually, they were even adapting in the late 70s into the early 80s. They were adapting them into comic strips. So Conan was like really becoming quite popular, which is why they started making the film adaptation, which actually was was, uh, started in 1975 by producer Edward Pressman. And if Pressman's name sounds familiar to you. That's because he is the husband of Annie McEnroe, who you might recall from Battle Truck. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, And uh, it took a couple years to get the film rights in the mid 70s. And then um, and after Star Wars, of all things, they were looking for more epic fantasy kind of movies. And so Universal then agreed to make the film if they could get a good writer. That's how they get Oliver Stone. They bring in Oliver Stone to write the script. They would only give a very scant amount of money as a budget to start with. Oliver Stone gets involved. They they finally get John Milius on as director, but he wants to be able to rewrite the script. But he said, oh, but my next movie that I'm supposed to direct is supposed to be for Dino De Laurentiis. Dino De Laurentiis says, I'll get involved. And they agree to co-produce the movie. So they co-produced the movie. And it was a good thing that they probably had Milius because, by the way, Stone's initial script was budgeted to be probably cost around something around $40 million, which oh, wow. for, you know, the early 80s was a lot for a ton of money, a sword and sandal movie, which were not mm-hmm. popular at that point at all. Um And it was obviously a big success and, you know, led to a huge craze um and you know as i was uh, watching it that's where i was kind of thinking howard r cohen maybe saw the film once before he wrote the script and basically was like there's a big guy with a sword 
the room of half naked women, which is true. The bad guy's magical. Got it. <laughs> and just ran. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he, he couldn't go rent it from the video store, so he's just like, I got it, I got yeah. it. I'll come up with it. Um, <laughs> he's like, I. He's like, I'll just, I'll, I, I'll get a C on this. I don't need an A. <laughs> right. Just a C is fine. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I'll get most of it. I got the Reader's Digest version of this movie. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so I had to see Conan just to kind of see, like, what is it? And by the way, Conan, still great. I mean, yeah, it also is fairly masculine in terms of, I think, its fan base and who might like the movie, even though there is sure. a woman that has some agency in the film. But it's very male-centric. At the same time, I was thinking for research, I got to watch all these Death Stalkers. And that's what I did. I watched oh, all the Death Stalkers. God. Oh, oh. <sighs> okay. Oh, so God, first, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. Very sorry. I can relate though because I recently watched ten Hellraisers. So <laughs> shit, I feel your pain. <laughs> so let's start um, where we should start with Death Stalker Two, which is 1987. <laughs> Um, this is actually, I would say, maybe a bit more of an acceptable Death Starker movie. Uh, the character is still the prick, which is evidenced in the fact that they cast John Terleski of Chopping Mall. If you remember him, he's oh the, the gum-chewing mm-hmm. guy who yeah, works yeah. in the, the mattress store. Oh my god. Right? So, And it, he's still a, an asshole in this, but he actually helps co- co-write the script with uh, director Jim Wynorski. Um, oh, of course. Of course, Jim Wynorski, uh, yeah, who wrote the script for for Sorceress, and who can I just say really quick? I love the name Wynorski. Oh, terrific! I love it so much. I feel like Jim Wynorski. Let's get together in Chicago at yeah. a street fair. Right. Let's get some Polish. Let's like hang out and have a beer. Yeah, Wynorski. We're meet hey. Wynorski. Get Yo, a couple Jim. beers. Yeah, God. hey, I'm sorry about them white socks, Jim. That's a, t- that's a tough break. That's a tough break. <laughs> Um, Jim Wynorski, yeah, I mean, another guy I would love to get on the podcast because, oh, yeah. God, he's worked for Corman and done so many things. Oh. Big Bad Mama too, so much stuff. And, uh, of course, he does this. They throw out the script and basically rewrite the script, and they're the last movie in for this set of Argentinian films that they were doing there. Um, but, and this is about Deathstalker. He's helping a woman who is actually a princess, but an evil sorcerer has cloned her so he can seize the kingdom so the princesses plays a dual role. And Des- but in this, Deathstalker is still kind of an asshole, but he actually has to pay for his crimes against women. He runs into his band of women who make him pay for his crimes by fighting a woman played by female wrestler, wrestler uh, Queen Kong, uh, I believe from Glow, and a literal wrestling ring with like with fight breaks where they, like, he goes to the corner. And uh, the princess is like, okay, here's what you got to do. And they like wrestle in the ring. It's so dumb. Wow. But I would say that here's the best part of it. The end credits have bloopers. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it's a bit more fun. And like the, the, the humor. Bloopers are fun. Bloopers, bloopers are, are fun. fun. That's a shirt I make just for myself. How's the titty count? It's it's there for it's not okay. as high, but it's definitely right. there, right. and okay. it's definitely trying to like okay, yeah, we know Deathstalker, maybe not so great about the ladies. At least re- recognizing that, and the humor is definitely very sophomoric and very you know dad jokes, 
pretty corny stuff, but it's like trying to have fun with it. It's definitely the more fun version of Deathstalker. It's like, hell, screw it. Let's do this. Not everything works. There's a lot of dumb stuff in it. But I would say like if we're basing like which movie do I want to watch again of the Deathstalkers, it would probably be Deathstalker 2 because it's way more fun. And it's still trying to do the same dumb stuff. It's still, uh, and it's not, this is the one not written, I think, by Howard R. Cohen. Um, even the initial script was, was by somebody else, and then they co- totally rewrote it. Okay, 1989, Deathstalker 3. God. Brand new guy playing Deathstalker yet again. John Oof. Allen Nelson from Killer Clowns from Outer Space <gasps> and Baywatch. Oh my God. He takes over as the Killer title character. Clowns. And again, we're getting we're getting less and less of being a dick, Deathstalker. Mm-hmm. He's getting mm-hmm. he's much nicer in this one. He's it's diet a, Deathstalker in yeah, this one. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, this one's again written by Howard R. Cohen. It's directed by Alfonso Caron, who I, I have to assume is like a local. I think they shot this in Mexico, so I would I think this might be a Mexican director. There's no credits that are in English. I think outside of this that I could find. Um, this is known mostly for being uh, an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 and for very good oh, reason. Okay. And this one is this one is awful. I mean, if you didn't like oh. Deathstalker, oh my god, Deathstalker 3. Oh, so man. what what could make it worse? I I really have to know. It's Please. it's just well, it's for one, it's made like it's seemingly made with like even half the budget. You know, so it's made for like almost no money. So no pig guy. No. And it, what's funny is that in this one, they don't recycle footage. The second one recycles Pigman, And the fourth one, which I'll get to in a second, also recycles footage. Wow. The, the second one re- recycles the Pigman bit where he walks in and he like looks at the pig head and then eats it anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It takes that joke. But that's about all you really... And it also has other Pigmen in it. So Deathstalker 2 says, oh yeah, this is not just the only Pigman." We use Pigman footage, but there's also Pigmen that come in later as well. So it furthers that sort of story. The third one doesn't seem to be too worried about any of the past Deathstalkers outside of the fact that, again, he's fighting an eel sorcerer. This time it's a magic stone and a sorcerer has part of it and Deathstalker has another. And he wants to put the two together so he can harness the power. And then once he finally gets Deathstalker... Then it's revealed there's a third piece because there was an old wizard that Deathstalker talked to in the beginning. Oh, my God. Also, it has undead soldiers because Deathstalker 3, I think, is called... um, The official title is Deathstalker and the Warriors from Hell. But the undead... It sounds way cooler than it is that there's undead soldiers. It it barely registers that there's undead undead Mm -hmm. soldiers. It is so dumb. And it also had an actress who played twin princesses for no good reason. It's like we're just carbon copying. Like, it's like when you uh, are carbon copying just like an old shitty copy of something else. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just looks terrible. And it, it, it just, yeah, it was, it was, oh my God, getting through that one was just rough. It was tough. Then we get to Deathstalker 4. God. March, match, excuse me. I want to say March. Match of the Titans. Okay. Not Clash of the Titans. Not March of the Titans. Match of the Titans. Not Mash of the Titans. No. And this is 1991. (laughs) Finally, 
Howard Cohen gets to write and direct a Death Stalker oh, movie. Uh, he has been holding okay, out. Here I mean, we at go. this point, he's here put in go. the time. He's put in the time, Let dude. the guy direct Let him do it. He's put in the time. So he this directed is the, Space you know. Raiders, for God's sakes. So this is the best of the series, right? Right? He, again, I'm going to stick with Death Stalker 2, but behind it, there's... This is still also done for a, uh, like a minuscule amount of money. Um, surprisingly, brings up in an opening monologue. It has an opening monologue. As oh. We mentioned this one doesn't. And it mentions how crappy women were treated uh, all the, at the time. But then later pits two women into a mud fight. I mean, it's like it can't he can't help him. He can't help itself. It's uh, yeah, a death no, here, movie. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sometimes people want to be in a mud fight. He's it a happens. scroller. Don't it question happens. it. He's it a happens. scroller. It happens. If if a if a mud a mud fight sounds familiar, so is all the footage from the first movie that they use <laughs> because they oh, use a lot of oh. footage from the first movie. Because again and again, as a <clears throat> also returning from the first film is Rick Hill, <gasps> returning to How's play his wig? It, a much in a much less distracting wig. Nice. Oh, it's more okay. mullety. It's more mullety, nice. but a All bit right. longer and All a right. little. He can pull it off. He's from Harlan. <laughs> like they don't even have to put in like a headband to kind of distract, like from you, from you thinking, is that a wig? That's a wig, right? Um, I mean, now, basically, if you're wearing a headband, you're hiding something. You're wearing right, a wig. You're right. going out your bangs. Right. You're hiding a bald spot. You've... You're doing something. Yeah, yeah, something's up. Now, does this mean that because they have a better wig, that they have a better, bigger budget? I have to say no. Not only because of the previous footage, but they also couldn't afford a score. Now, yeah. there's an evil queen theme that they play. Ooh. And never have I wanted the Battle Beyond the Stars music more than when you hear some of this music, such as the evil queen's theme song. Yeah, yeah. That that sounds similar to all the themes to the Puppet Master movies. Yeah, when they made them uh, like Korg M threes, and we're like, this sounds like trumpets. We'll yeah. just play this. It is like so. It's like you use footage from the first one. Why couldn't you even at least just use the original Death Stalker score? It's like they didn't, right. even, they didn't want even. It was cheaper. To get a guy just to grab a cheap keyboard and just whip up a new mm-hmm. score than to even use the old scores they already owned. I now, don't understand it. Korg but... M3s were not cheap. Okay, well, okay. That is that is what they're, like, Korg X3, M3, that's what they're writing. Anyway. Now, and guys, I'm a musician. I play the mouth trumpet, so... <laughs> I don't think you understand the kind of like hard work and dedication that goes into a soundtrack. I mean, no, I yes. get it. And you could I have done, it. I think you honestly, your mouth drum, could have been way better than that little bit there. Thank you, Ryan. Um, this is the end fight scene as well. So listen to the music from the end fight scene. Thank <laughs> you. 
Um, I, I would just say uh, anyone in Hollywood that's listening to this, <laughs> which I know, which I know you are. <laughs> of course um, you are. I I will make that kind of soundtrack for you <laughs> for free. Just just to do it, okay? No, and I and if you could see where I am right now. I'm surrounded by Surrounded by he has three keyboards I, I, at least legitimately and yeah. could absolutely and two <clears throat> drum machines. I could do that tonight. And he did our our theme song. Uh Mark is the one who wrote and, and I won't even try that hard. I'll right. try less and I'll get try you it, what yeah. you want. And okay? if needed, you could have a guest musician come in with the mouth trumpet. Yeah. Yeah. Saying, I mean, available. that piece of music there is the end fight That's scene. That's hilarious. And that, and that actually makes their Queen's theme sound Oof. pretty good. Yeah. By comparison. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Better. Like, better. Yeah. Now, getting back to the movie, does Deathstalker make out with every woman in the movie? Yes. Okay. Does okay. he? But does he fight an evil sorcerer? No. Oh, no. Huge surprise. Mm. He's up against an evil queen. Oh, who's using a magic potion she puts into wine to turn these soldier these warriors into stone soldiers for herself because she is putting together a big tournament, which is why they use a bunch of tournament footage from the first Deathstalker. Uh, this time, Deathstalker is also out to find a sword because I guess he gave his sword to someone and he wants to get it. That's why he's going to the fighting tournament. Classic Deathstalker. Does he fight Pigman in this? No, but he does fight a man in a bear mask. Oh, wow. Bear so, man. So there's a bear man. Nice. Okay. okay. Nice. Uh, and does Pigman show up again? Yes, he does. Wow. He shows up oh. yet again. Oh, oh. And more recycled footage, but oh. they don't use the same uh, recycled footage as Deathstalker 2. They use a bunch of other stuff from him inside the Pleasure Palace because, of course, they reuse all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they also even use some footage from The Barbarian Queen, which is the movie Lana Clarkson did after this with Roger Corman, mm. for a flashback sequence. So they oh. weren't just ripping off strictly from Deathstalker. They also took from Barbarian Queen as well. So they, they made, you know, three-fourths of a movie and then added a fourth of other footage wow. to round it all out. Wow. And that's death stalker four. Wow. Shit. Wow. I, uh, thank you. Thank yeah. You. I, I, I'm, um, wow. You did it. Like, thank you. You need to take a vacation. <sighs> yeah. I, uh, I never, you should take some time off because the, <laughs> the NWPP has a very generous time off policy. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's, uh, the NWPP, especially the VIP program, yeah. uh, it gives you extended time off. I mean, it's, it's unpaid uh, time off. It's unpaid time it off. Is, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's basically you take as much time as you need. It doesn't yeah. matter, but yeah. it's unpaid. It's, yeah. we well, what's great about it is you can take as much time as you want. It's unpaid. But in, in, when, you, when you're done and you want to come back, you come back to your same shitty life. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. We save, we save that for you. Right. So... It's cool. And that's all we do because we don't want to know about your time off or when you're coming back. That's the only thing we work hard on. Preserving your crappy life for when you come yeah. back. So you're like, oh, nothing changed while I was gone. Yeah. Uh, Good. I um because at the at, at the at the NWPP VIP program, 
we don't want you to be unfamiliar with the life you come back to. That's we right. To yeah. Like we don't want it to feel like it's changed. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's improved. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, um, I, I watched Death Stalker 2 easily because it's on the same disc, disc set as Death Stalker mm-hmm. 1. Ooh. The other two, though, I had to find on YouTube. And uh, the, I mean, what's funny is that these are not they were still put out by Corman's companies and they are not they have not had nice releases in wow. a long time and for good reason the death soccer movies it is surprising that they made four it is surprising they made that many and after is it watching as surprising them, as making 10 hellraisers <laughs> there there was less uh there's definitely less cohesion in that i mean other than Swasson's company being involved in a Swass. lot of those, uh, the, 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 the Hellraisers are like a lot of different parties. This one but, sort of felt like a lot of the same people, at, at least Howard R. Cohen is, is the real tie that binded all those, a lot of those together. It is, uh, oh my God, I just finished it and basically was like, I don't want to watch Deathstalker for a long time. And yeah. if I was to watch Deathstalker again... If for some reason I wanted to watch a Deathstalker, which I can't imagine that's going to happen anytime soon, it would probably be Deathstalker 2. Wow. Just because it's a little bit more fun. But that said, I-, I don't want to watch any of them again for a while. Yeah. If ever again. I'm I'm I am good on Deathstalker. I watched all of them. On our next episode, we're going to talk about Beastmaster. Which- <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't mind Beastmaster. I like Beastmaster. That's it for Deathstalker. We saw Deathstalker. Uh, if you've seen it, tell us what tell us what, what you think of it. Did you like it? Uh, do you miss Pigman? Do you wish Pigman had gotten his own movie? I think he deserved it. Um, uh, you can also reach us uh, on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook, and you can uh, write us there and uh, let us know uh, what you thought about Deathstalker. And that's it for us. We'll see you next time on the New World Pictures podcast. Bye, everybody.